From Bainbridge Island to the villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Prem Carno, author of Smart Pickleball. And here's the host of The Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Live from the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, it's The Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen, joined today by sports podiatrist from Advanced Foot Care Center in Ridgefield, Connecticut. It's Dr. Alan Rosenthal. Alan, how are you today? I am good, and how are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we are continuing our conversation with National Women's Open Doubles Champion, along with Gigi LeMaster. It's Sarah Ansbury. Sarah? How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Chris. Again, I wanted to point everybody to the great videos that you've been putting out. Uh, the latest one on blocking, before that footwork, before that the dink video. They're must viewing. Uh, they really, really are making a difference. And uh, they're certainly making a difference in my game. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks for sharing. It's just about spreading the word of pickleball. The more people that learn how to play, the more fun they're going to have. We had a question come in from Mike, uh, Mike Curry, and he wanted to ask in regards to your blocking video. He said, I watched the video, but could you have Sarah elaborate on when she steps back? When do you make the decision? If you're up at the non-volley zone line, what are you keying off of to decide, all right, I need to take one or two steps back? Is there a signal that uh, that the opponent's giving you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it, it is tough, and it's it's very much, you know, the better you get at anticipating what kind of ball is coming back, it, it comes much more naturally. What I'm looking for is if we put something up that's defensive, let's say maybe I see my opponent, my partner, I'm sorry, stepping back a little bit to hit a ball um, and they're, I can see that they're going up on the ball or I can see that I'm going up on the ball or something where I'm seeing that the ball that we hit is very much attackable by the other side. So um, I can be ready for them to go after it and then kind of go right through. And usually, I, you know, if it's me, I can feel when I'm not hitting, you know, the best dink or something like that. Mm-hmm. The other thing that um, if, if it's not something like that or sometimes you can see your opponent, you know, is going to take a big wind up swing or or they're moving in a little bit faster where they're going to be much more offensive. Sometimes you see that happen um, in particular situation, then it's warranted to kind of give yourself a step or two so that you can read the ball, give yourself a little bit more time to read the ball, but also give yourself some space to maybe shift your weight forward after the shot as well. Yeah, it just seems to me that that buying yourself just that extra quarter of a beat sometimes will make all of the difference, especially when you're playing with a a high-skilled opponent that uh, can really take that low ball and zing it back at you. Just buying yourself just a little bit extra time can really, really help out. The important thing is that when you do back up, you you don't want to get stuck back there. The goal of what you're doing is to allow yourself more time to put yourself in a more neutral position. So you don't want to, you know, stay back there and wait for something to happen. Ideally, your goal is to block that first ball and then work, come right back into that line. 
And when you see some of the higher level players too, you'll see some people kind of try to fake you out like they're going to attack. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you watch some videos and, you know, um, some guys are pretty good at that and and try to actually make you step backwards just to get you to move a little bit. And so um, that's that's another tough thing is differentiating when it's actually when it's warranted if they're actually going to attack or if they're, you know, trying to fake you out or something like that. When you watch either live or watch videos of players, you probably can't turn the, the your coach's mind off. So you're probably giving advice, even if it's just silently in your mind. Um, what are the things that you tend to, to hear yourself saying over and over again uh, in your head to, to the players, either on the screen or, or that are out on the court when you're a spectator? That's my my biggest problem is I'm not very good at turning it off. <laughs> I I have a tendency to start coaching my partners and <laughs> and, stuff. and so I um yeah that's my biggest thing is I'm always 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 looking at what to improve or or what makes sense and probably one of the biggest things is is just getting that paddle back up you know mm-hmm. um I say it all the time get your paddle up and then another thing that I say quite a bit is steady. I'll say it to my partner sometimes, and that's when when they're I'm seeing that they're going too fast, that they're pulling themselves off balance, and they're trying to create something where it's not a good time to actually try to create a point where they just need to neutralize the ball and start over, basically. So I'll, I'll say steady, steady quite a bit. Just to reset the point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting yourself back on your toes and getting into a, yeah, a reset position and, and that paddle up. I mean, it's amazing how easy it is for people to kind of just drop that paddle. You know, those are pretty basic things that need to be aligned all the time. The Actually, the other one that I say a lot is stay on the line, which is if you're in offense or neutral, you want to hold that line, which is, you know, basically what we just talked about. Sometimes you need to step off and give yourself a little bit of space. But, you know, if you don't have to, you want to stay and toe that line as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like, all right, I've, I've worked my way up to the line and it's a show of weakness if I back up. And uh, I think, oh, I don't want to give them anything. I don't want to give them any, you know, even one step back. I've, I earned this line and I'm keeping it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah, well, that comes, you know, that comes back to that footwork, too. Yeah. You know, if it's not your habit, it to be on the balls of your feet and to be moving um, if footwork isn't a big part of your game it's hard when you do step off that line well if you're not on the balls of your feet if you're not ready to move back well then you get stuck there yeah. and that's where a lot of that practicing moving on that line and recovering from the back to the front that back and forth motion if your movement and your footwork is a bigger part of your game it's not too bad when you step off because you're fast enough and you're you know, you're ready to get back in. Mm-hmm. It's when you don't move and you get stuck. That's the bad situation to be in. And I've been in there many times. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and launch a poll real quick. This is a true false rules poll. And the question is true or false. When receiving serve, the receiver's partner may not be in the non-volley zone. When receiving the serve, the receiver's partner may not be in the non-volley zone. Go ahead and vote on that right now. This is from Rule 5B9. Whatever your question is for Sarah Ansberry, you can type it in the question box or you can raise your hand and I can unmute your microphone and call on you. We've got a question here from Mark Delvecchio. Mark says, Sarah, do you drill to let balls go out? That's a good question. You practice. I always joke that uh, you know I never let a ball go out, so I really don't know what an out ball looks like. But yeah, that's uh, that could be a good <laughs> drill. That's tough. It's kind of a joke of um, you know we've practiced mixed doubles on Sundays quite a bit, and some of these guys they hit so hard and they hit with so much spin and stuff, and uh, we play so many out balls, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so. <laughs> 
in practice, we play a lot of balls that are going out just for the play of it. But sometimes it is some of these players who have a lot of spin on the ball, like Wesley Gabrielson's a good example, Kyle Yates, you know, when they... When they're hitting a ball, sometimes it looks like they're going out, but they're actually going in. Mm -hmm. So when you have someone that you can practice against like that, too, it's nice to see, okay, is the ball actually going out? It's it's really hard (laughs) to read. You know, in the women's, too, that's the thing about those two hands on the backhand. Sometimes you don't recognize, you know, Christine McGrath, she'll pick up a ball and it looks like, oh, that's going way out. But that topspin just brings that ball way inside the court. Those are times when it's really, it is important to kind of practice so that you kind of get a better idea of what, what kind of ball they're going to hit and how often it is actually going to drop in or not. Let's go ahead and close the poll out. The question was true or false. When receiving the serve, the receiver's partner may not be in the non-volley zone. said that's false, 14% said that's true, and the answer is false. False. Be wherever they want to be. They could be right up on the net if they wanted to be. As long as they uh, get back out of the kitchen before they touch the ball, they can stand wherever they want. They don't even have to stand on the court. They can stand out, uh, yeah, way out on the sideline. That's that's funny. My first big tournament was the Grand Canyon Games last year. And I got partnered up with this guy. I didn't know from Arizona, a really nice guy, and we had a lot of fun. But he stood right on top of the net, and he was like, just so you know, this is where I'm going to stand. And I had never seen it before, but (laughs) I always think of him when I see that now. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a question here from Larry. Larry says, personally, Sarah, when you enter a top-level match, what kind of opponents do you worry about most? Great soft game, hard hitters, speed? What do you think? That's that's a good question. Um, I try not to use the word worry first of all about anything i want to be aware of my opponent's abilities you know whenever i'm on the court or looking for a match i i want to look at that match is that i just i want to see um what my challenges are going to be and you know what i have to do to overcome them the best kind of player that i look for is someone that has variety where you know they can hit hard and they can hit soft you know and they can disguise it well um if i go into a game and i know okay these are hard hitters that's very easy to prepare for if i go into a game and these are okay these are soft hitters the same thing but when i see someone that's got variety that can do both i'm going to find that as the most challenging Mm -hmm. they have so many ways they can beat you yeah and you can never underestimate anybody yeah i personally i love my soft game you know i can dink forever and i I really do love that um even though you know i am much more of an aggressive player as well you know but you know that's how we won nationals is our soft game and, and using our power game at the right time Gigi would set me up with her dinks and i would come in and attack on the right ball and so i really think it's um you know for me i work on having variety you know where i can do multiple things i can hit spin i can hit flat I can hit soft or hard, you know, that gives me the best possibility and the the more tools I can use to bring out and to beat an opponent. That's what I want. And it keeps them guessing. They never know what's coming. Yes. Do you incorporate a lot of lobs in your game? I never see, I don't see a lot of lobs (laughs) from you. I don't use them enough, but that is actually something I'm trying to incorporate more. You know, I use them a lot in practice, but for some reason in tournaments, I don't, you know, I don't use them as much. You just Um, don't think to go there? Yeah. I, and that's something that, that's something I'm working on in my my game right now is is utilizing my lob you know more um, i'm pretty short so there's a lot of other players that are much taller than me and stuff so <laughs> I, i'm working on that <laughs> what's your question for sarah ansbury you can type it into the question box or you can raise your hand and we can call on you sarah what tournament is coming up next for you 
Um, let's see. The I'm going to the Lamaster Davison tournament down in Arizona. Looking forward to that. I forgot to ask Gigi when we had her on. Is it bad form to win your own tournament? well she won the mixed doubles last year so let's see this is from mike and mike says uh what kind of advanced dinking drills or strategies do you recommend do you have anything that uh, when it's time to take your dink to the next level oh that's a really broad question i (laughs) i could go on with that for quite a while but i'll tell you what i do to work on things I dink um, in every position. I dink down the line and cross court first. Um, you can't get enough of doing that because, you know, the better you get, you have to expect to have, okay, I'm going to dink 50 times in one point. And that has to be, you have to be mentally prepared for that and physically prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Which I am not. <laughs> I'm totally not. When it comes to a little bit more strategy, some really basic things to work on that is also advanced is dinking right behind that T, just aiming right behind there in that middle just behind the kitchen line to try to get behind someone. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really like to do is work on dinking to the player's backhand and trying to push just behind them, trying to get them to back up. More I can get towards their feet or just behind their feet. Those are some basic strategies to work on at any level, but it's also very important up to you know the level that I play that those are things that I work on all the time. Is there a particular strategy that you like for separating opponents for pulling them apart is there something in particular that you like to go to yeah um sometimes even just going towards the middle a few times when they are that crowded and then going to the side to try to pull them out to just really force them to make take those extra steps away Mm -hmm. Um, if you pull them a little bit towards the middle first and then make them go on the outside you know uh, sometimes they'll have a tendency to go a little bit farther you know that'll open up your middle a little bit better as well Good advice. And thank you for taking the time to share that with us today and everything else. And uh, thank you once again for all those great videos that you're continuing to put out. Look forward to the next one coming up. Do you know what it's going to be on? Um, I'm actually dinking strategy, I'm pretty sure. And some of the things I just talked about, I believe, are going to be on there. We look forward to seeing that. And Sarah, thank you for joining us today. We sure did enjoy it. Thank you, Chris. Glad to be there. Dr. Rosenthal, thanks for joining us today as well. You're welcome. (laughs) I I learned a lot here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, doctor? You can learn a lot more from national champion Sarah Ansbury and national champion Matthew Blom and TOC Masters champion Matt Staub and pickleball guru himself, Prame Carnot at Pickleball Summit. That's coming up July 15th, 16th, 17th. Charlotte, North Carolina. Share the court with these four pickleball all-stars. Get group training sessions with each one of these pros each day. Pickleballsummit.com You need to go to that website and check it out right now. This is going to be one amazing weekend when all four of these pickleball all-stars come together, join forces, and give you the best pickleball training event ever in the history of the game. And if you're listening to this podcast in April, there's never going to be a more affordable time to get your tickets because right now there's a special April early bird discount, and that is buy one ticket, get the next ticket half price. Bring a partner for half price. Never going to be more affordable than it is 
right now. At the end of April, that deal goes away. So go to pickleballsummit.com right now. Get your tickets. Lock it in. July 15th, 16th, 17th, Charlotte, North Carolina. Looking forward to seeing you there. And a special tip of the hat to our friends in Leland, North Carolina, the Brunswick Forest community, also Waterford community. They held a special pickleball tournament called Dink for Pink. Raised over $13,000 for breast cancer charity. Very well done, folks. Nice job. Hey, have you gotten your copy of the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches? Coach Mo, Deb Harrison, Prem Carnot, all together in one quick study guide that will definitely take your game to the next level. You don't need a credit card. All you need is an email address. Head over to freepbxclub.com. That's free pbxclub.com enter your email address and we'll send it right over to you speaking of email you can email us anytime mail at pickleballshow.com i'm chris allen this is the pickleball show and until next week keep them low the pickleball show was brought to you by pbx club pbx stands for pickleball excellence join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies news and opinion save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more how much does it cost to become a pbx club member well it's free just go to freepbxclub.com. that's freepbxclub.com. there's even a link in the show notes for this episode freepbxclub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.